Well, hello. Am I sleepy? I saw a TikTok earlier of this guy who does like museum, like he he goes, you know, like old paintings where everybody, you know, like the Baroque, everybody's mm-hmm. got a, a distinct thing going on in the painting. He goes and does like voices for all the characters and makes <laughs> little sketches out of the paintings. Yeah. Um, and this one, there was like a really sleepy baby in it and they were going back and forth and they're like counting the people in there. And he's like, well, there's me and there's Rachel and there's the Dawn. And it cuts to the baby, and the baby goes, you come to me on the day that I'm so sleepy, and I am going to send that to you. Every time you're like, are you ready to record? I'm going to be like, you come to me on the day when I'm so sleepy. That is too good. That is every day. It's true. There's never not going to be a time that it applies. Because when am I not sleepy? That's so true. And this episode's been a long time coming because <laughs> it was supposed to be like two weeks ago, three Guys, weeks don't ago. Don't worry about Who it. Don't. Who knows? Take every schedule we ever post with yeah. a grain of salt. Yeah, then honestly. one of us is going to be like, hey, can we not do that? It's so true. Like, we'll, we will always have a Friday episode. It just may not be what you think it is sometimes. And then TBR Tuesdays are fluid <laughs> who knows with them yeah this is our podcast and we can do whatever we want and that you is so true on that welcome to romance your tbr it is romance your tbr i still think i'm hannah who knows at this point i don't know it might be caroline we don't or know. it might be the dawn <laughs> I've been enjoying your updates in your book club about um, romancing the Duke. Oh, because I read it all in one day. Well, technically, I I read the first couple chapters Uh last night, but I didn't. I was like, ah, I see what she's doing. (laughs) What a good book to do that with, though. I mean, there's just always something happening. The audiobook is like nine hours, eight and a half Mm -hmm. hours, something like that, which for me at (laughs) 2.65 speed. I know someone listening is like, what is wrong with you? How can you possibly understand It gets that? the job done sometimes. Like, sometimes, like, I did recently have to do an audiobook at 1.75. I think it was the seven-year slip. It just didn't sound good at two. It depends on the narrator. Yeah. Some but most, you gotta... most I like it at two or above. I My starting point at this point is 2.3. Mm. And then I'll, I'll lower it if it's somebody, like, a unique situation. I don't often have to lower it, though. It's almost always a good starting point. Mine is always two, and then, like, I can, like, but, like, really, there's no real difference between, like, two and, like, 2.15 and, like, stuff like that. Sure. Um, And it's hard, like, if I want to increase it because I'm not enjoying it or because I need to know what happens faster. Both of those situations have happened to me. I um, just get impatient. Yeah. It's, like, a little too – I have to stay focused by bumping mm-hmm. it up. And I'm really good. Libby will let you do the, like, 0.5 difference yeah. or 0.05. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really good at getting the precise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll like mm, 2.65, 2.7. No, no, 6.5. That's where yeah, I need well, to be. Also, a great trick if you're trying to like increase your speed, like retention, or whatever, like go higher than you want and then listen to it at that for like a minute and be like, wow, that's so fast. And then go down to like the desired speed. And you'd be like, wow, that sounds so legible or audible or whatever. It does. And it works. 
Sometimes, like, I'll, I'll accidentally start at, like, 2.5 because that was where I ended the last one. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> back. They sound a little bit like chipmunks. Uh-huh. Until you work your way back. Until you work, it. and then it just sounds yeah. normal. Sometimes I will, because I listen to our podcasts, obviously, uh, but mm-hmm. particularly to pull clips, and I listen to podcasts sped up on Spotify. Mm. Um, not, obvi- not as I much. I accidentally like, listened to us sped up. And it I was only weird. listen to us fed up. I listen <laughs> to us at like 1.5 and that sounds normal to me. Oh, I see. Because like I can't because like I have to get the timestamps. And so if I like would speed it up, I wouldn't have the timestamps. Right. And I, I listen because we're in Audible. I didn't know that. Like I was in Audible oh. and I searched us just to see if we were there. And lo and behold, we are there. There we are. Um, I sure couldn't rate us because I hadn't listened to us. So <laughs> if you listen on Audible, go rate us. Um, or maybe don't. Or maybe don't. Depends on what the rating is. <laughs> just kidding. Do what your heart tells you. We we vote from the heart here. Um, but I was listening in Audible at like two, and I was like, "Oh my god, this That's is alarming!" I was do... like, "Whoa!" I usually do and it was you talking, five. and I was like, "Holy crap!" I like, well, I naturally speak. Not, I was like, "Asked," but I was like, "What is going on?" And then I realized what was happening. It was all okay. Well, my problem is I'll do like one point five generally, mm-hmm. and then when I find a clip that I want to use. Then like you have to for Instagram. Then I have to go back to one, and when I do that, it makes <laughs> it us sound terrible. so slow. And yeah. I'm like, why do we sound like that? <laughs> like, it's why bad. are we in slow motion? Yeah, That's it's weird because like my parents, my dad literally bought AirPods, but now he just doesn't use them, and so he will listen to things just out loud. And like sometimes it'll be an audiobook, like very slow. My mom also uses the AirPods, but then she's taken to just listening to audiobooks, just like out straight from her phone no airpods in and i'm like why are you guys raw dogging these audiobooks i I don't get it (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) i love that for us on the same page and i'm like i don't want to hear that but also they sound so slow and i think they they each like listen to them at like maybe like 1.3 but even then i'm just like that's so slow I will say i know on multiple occasions like with separate people i have been listening to an audiobook quickly as I do in the car quickly quickly like 2.6 yeah and they have gotten in and I've been like oh hang on I'm like a few seconds away from the end of a chapter and let it finish and they look at me like I'm insane they're like how do you understand a single word of that yeah. and I'm like I don't know what to tell you but it sounded normal to me yeah um <sighs> anyway not that we're anyway. already sidetracked pre-hitting yeah. record we were like wow i'm really tired and i don't want to talk a lot yeah yeah at least it was about book related stuff that's that, true that's a plus we did <laughs> better what than can usual we better than usual still bad but that's the vibe <laughs> um the we're bar gonna is try dirt. we're gonna try to keep it short and sweet yeah and not get into plot summaries well, and almost all of these books we've talked about in other things well some of mine yeah you I know like oh like have. a good amount we've talked places about them sure um and i have like well actually i don't have a full review for one of them but like i have reviews for some of them i don't know who knows really it'll be fine we're gonna give you top three well two plus a series yeah i also pulled two plus a series okay cool of queer historical romance full length Mm-hmm. book recommendations we already sent a newsletter letter out at the beginning of the month with our queer novellas, historical novellas yeah. um our there favorite ones of those so many. 
There were a lot. We could not put yeah. all of them into one newsletter. But no. we had to pull our favorites. Yeah. Um, and then I think we're going to try to do a newsletter yes. this week that we're releasing this episode um, on just like other, you know, queer wrecks. Because you just did a contemporary like book stack. Yes. Um, and I've got like yeah. different ones that I've been listening to and reading. So um, the, the non-historical yeah. will be coming in a newsletter. But this is mm-hmm. just full, full length historical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have a – like, I have – actually, I don't know when the Cat Sebastian series, like, what period of time that is, but, like, I have one from the 50s, one that's medieval, Um, we have one that's Georgian, maybe two, like, Victorian or Regency. Um, yeah, I mean, do we want to just hit – we also have done two episodes this month. We yes. Did, which would normally be on the list, but mm-hmm. The Secret Lives of Country Gentlemen by KJ Charles, which was the most recent Friday yes, episode. Yes, so good. Yeah. And the one from two weeks earlier, An Island mm-hmm. Princess Starts a Scandal by Adriana Herrera. So mm-hmm. obviously those would be on the list. We did whole episodes on them. Yes. And um, we did do the newsletter giveaway for a copy of An Island Princess Starts a Scandal. I saw that Caroline had emailed the winner. So congratulations to the winner. Um, They were notified via email. So that's exciting. As always, follow the – or I guess subscribe to the newsletter for updates and um, giveaways and stuff. And at some point, we will be doing episodes there. It's just so hard. so hard we already record so many episodes it's so hard well because then then that one like you have to like factor in the alcohol and so yeah you have have a a night where you drink so i'll have to like we'll have to schedule it to where there's no rain and we can do a fire and then i can drink around the fire and then come in and record (laughs) we isn't my family (laughs) (laughs) caroline and i are are, like facetiming at a fire ah yes toasty (laughs) These are. Oh. I mean, we weird. have a fireplace, but it is. Uh, mm-hmm. it's we're in the middle of a record-breaking heat wave in Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's not the vibe. I love a good summer night. The summer eleven, oh, but uh, the summer nights. Tell me more. Tell me. Tell me less. Actually, should be the vibe of the podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's our poll quote. That's our 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 blurb. Our Tell advertising copy. Tell me less from a dedicated <laughs> listener. It sums it up. It really does. Um, and just to forewarn you, there's going to be a lot of Cat Sebastian. What a great writer. I mean, from you. I, from I don't me. have any Cat Sebastian in my... Other than the ones that we've both read. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I would. It's hard. I know. I read one recently that I would I know you did. to talk about, but... I, I can't it's add hard. more Cat Sebastian. <laughs> so there are even more that we're not talking about. Oh, yeah. It, it's a rough time out here, but it's also a great time because all these books are great. So It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> it was. I would the much best rather have too many queer historical romances yes. to choose from. It's a great position to be in. Unless you're the one editing the podcast or listening to the podcast and you're like, Jesus, <laughs> this is endless. You said, unless you're me. (laughs) 
Sometimes, I won't lie. Let's switch up the positions, shall we? Get some Ariana Grande going in here and switch the positions for you. When I I see that two hours, I'm like, ooh. It's okay. We can do this. I promised my sister. Well, okay. It was an unspoken promise, but every night we've It was a blood oath, actually. It was a blood oath. It wasn't spoken, but it was... (laughs) It was felt. It was... It was carved into our flesh. Um, Forevermore. No, but every night we've been watching Gilmore Girls. I started oh, yeah. her off we on that, that. So I, 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 I need to continue <laughs> for my nice. mental peace. Anyway, do I guess. Kick pop, us off. I was going to. The kick ones that we off. both read. If we oh, wanted to. We'll both kick it off. Just. Oh, I just. <laughs> I just. Yeah. We just. I. It. I just Caroline finished a complete sentence challenge. No, that was a complete sentence. It's true. Um, yeah, doubt not. I'll get there. Uh, <laughs> well, it was the series has a name. Do Which I remember one? it? I'm thinking of the Kit Web one, London. I didn't know it had a, a, a series. Yeah, name. London Highwaymen. Sure would not have guessed series. that or yep. known it. The queer principles us. of Kit Webb and the perfect crimes of Marion Hayes. Mm-hmm. Two books of which I remember little to nothing about. I read my reviews. They helped me not a lot. Um, I was not I know useful. I, I, I got a, like, basic. They're loose Robin Hood. Re- or not yeah. quite retellings exactly, but, like, mm-hmm. loosely inspired by. Um Kit is a former highwayman who now is uh, disabled and has a tragic past and hates aristocrats, as you do, in the Georgian era, and he owns a little coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Percy- they eat bread and cheese in. That was the majority of my review. So I can help you there. (laughs) You can always count on me to tell you when they eat bread and cheese. Not just little rats. Um, (laughs) Making notes- (laughs) Nibble, nibble. Um, Persky yeah. is a dandy who dresses fabulously, and I love that for him. He's, mm-hmm. he's very silly, and I love him. Uh, and he, his dad is garbage, and he married – the dad married his Percy's best yes. friend from childhood, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting dynamic. And he needs to steal The Declaration book. of Independence. no. Damn. We cannot go back to six degrees from Nicolas Cage. We already got there. <sighs> Boom. He needs to steal a little book from his dad. Yeah. I think to blackmail him? Question yeah, he's one. trying to blackmail him. And so he originally asks Kit to do it, and Kit is like, no, I've given up my life of crime, but I can teach you how to do it. But it had something to do with Marion, so like... Sure. It. He didn't want to go through the... But it was a whole thing. Look, it doesn't really matter. Here's the thing. The plot, yeah. meh. Like, that that was mean, my review. I love the characters. I wasn't, like... You don't really have to pay attention, yeah. though. No. As long as you know he's trying to, like, learn how to be a highwayman for this. Mm-hmm. You get it. And yeah. So they have fighting lessons and make out against trees and stuff. Yep. And then... The Perfect Crimes of Marion Hayes takes place simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend not reading... Marion yeah. Hayes before Kit Webb because there's a reveal mm-hmm. in Kit Webb that yeah. will be spoiled. 
if you mm-hmm. read Marion Hayes first. Um, but that's what Marion is doing because she kind of disappears part of the way through Kit Web. Yeah. Yeah, my my two notes for my one for Kit, he- Kit Webb was heist. My one for Marion Hayes was, oops, I've committed murder. Now I got a scoot and you're coming with me. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, that accurately sums <laughs> them up. We could have skipped my entire explanation <laughs> and just gone with that. And road trip. <laughs> a little bit of I that. My thought with Marion Hayes is always that the uh, these are two disaster bisexuals doing mm-hmm. their best. And by best, they mean worst. Mm-hmm. Like, they are just committing crimes. If Big A Do Crimes was a book. Yeah, it would be, honestly, both mm-hmm. of these. Um, yes. They're very funny. They're very Eat the Rich, mm-hmm. Robin Hood. I, honestly, I think I prefer Marion Hayes. I do as well. I think it just has... There was less setup involved. You got right into it. I was invested in the character, like, what was happening to them, not just the characters. I liked the road trip element. The road trip was fun. It has some of the most interesting mm-hmm. uh, sexual like, dynamics. Sexual dynamics. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like very interesting discussion around consent and like exploration mm-hmm. of sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was handled really well. Mm-hmm. Did you like the narrator? I wrote in my review for Kit Web that I love the narrator. I feel like it's a narrator that maybe some people don't like. I can't quite remember if that's one or the other. I didn't. I don't think I listened to either okay. of them on audio. I read an arc of Marion Hayes. I oh, don't gotcha. Remember Kit Webb. Gotcha. Yeah, I did. It was. I think. Did we read it for your book club? Like the Kit first Webb book did. club. Yeah. So that was when I read it. So yeah. Um, recommend. I don't. Is there another one coming out in that series? Do you know? Not that I know of. I think it was okay. just a duo. I mean, that's nice. I mean, I could be wrong. I just haven't. Yeah, heard. but that means then Cat Sebastian went into the we could be so good and. Yeah, I don't. I guess there's like potential, but that makes sense. Sometimes I, I love a so. good the duology. Marion Hayes really kind of wrapped up with everything. The the ending and I don't remember if it was an epilogue or just like final chapter, but mm-hmm. that's nice sometimes. Yeah, it just kind of tied a little bow on their family. Mm-hmm. So, to my knowledge, there is not more. Amazing. Whoo. Okay. And then the other one we both read mm-hmm. was was uh, the Gentleman's Book of Vices. Sure is. By Jess Everly. Everly, I think. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically a, like a erotic um, author and his biggest fan. So yes. do meet your heroes and also sleep with them and suck them off. Wow. <laughs> it'll work out great. You'll go through some drama. But that's a lesson to have learned. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the summary. Mm-hmm. Other things happen. Other things do happen. The not author one, who's the biggest fan, is like essentially being strong armed into marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's an excellent cake tasting scene. Yes. And then, because then the author shows up during the cake tasting scene. It's right. a whole thing. Both of these series, it's a whole thing. That's all I got. It's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> they do have they are not even remotely the same in terms of no, plot or writing no. style or anything no. else but they do live in the same area of my brain of like chaotic queer friend groups yeah and once mayhem. you put the illustrated cover in there they all just go to a certain section of my brain i mean fair just enough. in that genre even that's valid but yeah it the friend groups are strong um in this one everyone's gay mm-hmm <laughs> 
it was just i thought the writing was really good it was just interesting um you just read the second one which i haven't read yet yeah a rule book for restless rogues yes that one follows the proprietor so there's a uh, a queer club for gay men mm-hmm. um or i should say queer men not strictly mm-hmm. gay um called the curious fox that is kind of the heart of both of the books and so if you have read the gentleman's book of vices you will have met the characters for the second one um because it's the proprietor of the curious fox he doesn't own it Mm -hmm. um, but he runs it um and is like a matchmaker and takes care of everyone um and noah who you would have met in the first one as his like drag queen persona Mm -hmm. is uh miss penelope and they have been best friends since boarding school. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those classic, classic situations where they were sneaking off and making out and getting each other off. Uh-huh. But at no point did it occur to them. Or really, it didn't occur to Noah at any point that they might have feelings for each other. Oh, so has the other one been pining? Well, they've both been pining for each other. Oh. It just love that they it, it just didn't like click they were just yearning intensive giving each other hand jobs as you do yeah as you do but he fully he like won't there there's a scene where you find oh it's fairly early on so i don't really yeah. think it's a spoiler but you find out that he tried to convince his dad to marry noah's sister off to david the best friend Mm. because he is so panicked at the thought of like losing david and not having him in his life that he wants him to marry his sister oh no when he was a kid yeah now he's obviously realized that he's gay but like yeah you know that very straight (laughs) marry my sister so i never lose you yeah um I think I honestly might have liked this one a little bit better. Better? Yeah, there yeah. were some issues I had with book one that we don't need to get into here. You can read my review. Um, but overall, the care I really enjoyed the scenery, like just the setting yeah. of it and the atmosphere and the writing. Well, this one they also – we I talked about it in the last episode, but this is mm-hmm. the one where they also have a very fancy bread and cheese moment. Um, God damn. With some other things because he's really good at snacking yeah. because he's a study abroad kid. Who he studied mm-hmm. in Milan. So, mm. I love right. that. Okay. Well, oh my God. Also, I'm so sorry. Ooh. I posted my review of this on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have to mention because there is a part, he's a tailor and he's very into fashion. Noah. Mm. Um, does he tailor? No, but there is Damn. a part where they make out in an alley, as you do, Ooh. and David intentionally backs himself against the wall with the conscious thought of protecting noah's clothes from the sooty and i was like that's the most romantic thing i've ever read so good it's like the equivalent of like laying your coat over a puddle Uh except makes more sense because why on earth would you do that (laughs) i've always thought i'm like why would you put your coat on what like that doesn't it's gonna soak through it's not gonna help it doesn't make sense to me you know it does make sense to me backing yourself against the wall yes. so that you don't have to mess his clothes up that is hot i it love that hot. i love that so much that's well that's my last note i am very excited for that uh, i think that one comes out in july i believe it's july 11th 
Okay, so there's a lot of books damn. coming out on July 11th. We're getting so close. Five days before my birthday. Oh, yeah. My birthday will be on a Tuesday in like two years. It'll be a great day. It's on a Sunday. I think you've thought that far ahead. Well, it's on a Sunday this year. So, like, bar any leap days or whatever, like, it'll happen sometime soon. (laughs) The joys of getting older are not wanting your birthday on a weekend, but on a Tuesday because you're obsessed with books. Now I'm like, when? (laughs) Nope. Monday in 2024. When am I going to have a birthday on a Tuesday? Not until 2025. <gasps> in 2024, mine's on a Tuesday. Hell yeah. I love that for that me. That was so aggressive. That was so aggressive, but I'm happy. Because summer birthdays get the shaft. <laughs> I got left out of birthday treats at school. All summed up into one day. If you're a summer birthday, get your ice cream treat right now with everyone else. It's fine. I have residual anger, but it's it's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> We're okay. Are, Are we? You? No. Uh, 2024. Like you might amazing. Not be over that. <laughs> you, you you win some, you lose some. Okay, now for our books. Okay, I guess I will start off with one of the cats, Sebastian. <laughs> um, so I just recently read "We Could Be So Good." Um, it's set in the 50s. They both work at a newspaper. Uh, one of them is like the newspaper's owner's son. And then the other one is just like a reporter. And it was so good. Um, it's written in third person present, which I actually despise with my entire being. Like I can't, it just does something to my brain. So like I couldn't do the audiobook. Um, but I was excited for the audiobook because the narrator was good. And I may try it since I've read it now and like I could maybe be like try not to pay as much attention to it. Um, but reading the book, I have so many pages just like bookmarked and it was just so soft. It was super cinematic. Like it took like their entire course of their relationship. They're both like 25. Um, but you meet them. Um, they had just like the one guy had just started working there, the nepotism baby. (laughs) And then, um, the other one had been working for a while he kind of like took him under his wing and he like always thought he was cute. And um, I have to get their names. I wrote names for everyone else, but not this Andy. one. Actually, I have, the, I have the book right next to me. Nick Russo is the rough and ready Brooklyn boy. And Andy <laughs> Fleming is the newspaper tycoon. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, nepotism baby. <laughs> the rough and ready Brooklyn boy. <laughs> that one. I just said rough Brooklyn neighborhood, but I just I like the term rough and ready. He was rough and ready to get that scoop. Um, and then Andy was the the Nepo baby. And so Andy starts dating a woman who also works at the paper. And then Nick is kind of sad about it. He's like also happy because she was also his friend. He's like, okay, honestly, it was like the I want you to marry my sister so we can always be close. Cause he's like, if he marries her you'll always stay in the group of course and so like that was kind of his reason he was like okay i can't like i don't know like his sexuality like i don't know um because like he was like looking at him but he didn't know and so he's like okay if i'm okay with this relationship i love them both but he was also sad about it um so like it the first like half really of the book is um just getting to know them like their relationship they went to a lot of baseball games and so it was just, like, very soft. And then, um, like, halfway through – I guess kind of spoilers, I guess. But, like, halfway through, um, the 
fiance dumps him. She like meets someone. Um, she goes like to England for a little while and meets him, breaks up with Andy. Um, so then Andy is like just re- feeling really sad. So then he moves in with Nick. They were roommates. So then they just are like platonically living together. And then they get to like develop their relationship more just like that way, like the little nuances and going to bed shirtless and situations like that. Um, and then it gets to a point where Andy is like exploring like his like sexuality. He had always kind of thought that he could be bi, but he never really like put words to it. He was like, I, I'm not, but I understand the attraction. And then he really started to like fall in love and fall for Nick. And then he started to like see it. And so then one night he like convinces Nick to go to a gay bar. He's like, why don't you just like go, like, I'll be here for you. Like, I'll just like be your support. You can go flirt with a guy and like, go, go do it in the bathroom because I don't want to hinder your sex life as your roommate. But, like, I'll help you go get laid. And Nick is like, I'm very confused, but okay. So he starts talking to a guy. Andy's like, wait, I don't like this at all. I want to be blowing him in the bathroom. And then he tries to confess to to Nick. And Nick is like, what? He doesn't believe him. He thinks it's, like, a comfort blowjob. He's like, or pity blowjob. He's like, I I think you're just, like, you're feeling bad for me. And then, so he rejects Andy. Andy's sad. Miscommunication for a little bit, but it's great. And then they just have a very soft relationship after they both confess. And um, Nick's got some, like, family issues. He, there's another, like, cute nephew who, um, like, comes over from time to time. So that, like, has a little bit of a wrench in their relationship. And fun neighbors, a really fun community of, like, friends and stuff. Um, and there was a – it's really nice. Like, Andy's father um, was actually very supportive. Um, I – Nick's mother was also supportive. He had like an asshole brother. Um, but overall, it was just so soft and so good. And the epilogue and every it was just took me out. And I really recommend it. And it was it was just a different like historical setting, which I really appreciated. Um, and I've never seen a bad word about that book. And I understand. It's like one of those. Where it's like something wild and wonderful. Where you just never see anyone talk bad because it's just so good. And the title is we could be so good and they did so and there is that and they did and they did it oh <sighs> yeah ah, you come to me on the day that i'm so sleepy <laughs> um, my audacity knows the <laughs> uh if you hear a gentle snoring don't mind me <laughs> Uh yeah uh I uh all of mine are sapphic I don't know nice. I was well let me note I went with a different Alexis Hall but I was considering doing a Lady mm-hmm. for a Duke yes I still have to read that Duke. one mm-hmm. um I feel like I've talked about it enough before mm-hmm. that I I decided yeah. to go with a different one but just as a side note uh that's a a trans heroine childhood friends to lovers. Uh, I, uh, so good. So good. So I just have to say that. But the, anyway, the ones that I actually pulled are all sapphic. Um, let's just go with, yeah, let's go with The Perks of Loving a Wallflower, uh, by Erica Ridley. Yes. Because that's one of my favorite, one of mm. my favorite of the books. Eh, they're all kind of on the same level from one of my it's favorite hard. theories. It's hard. They're all they're just all different vibes because the siblings all have different vibes. Mm-hmm. Um 
I'm sure you know about the Wild Winchesters by Erica Ridley, and I'm sure you know because I sure have talked about them. You sure have mm-hmm. talked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a, it's a gateway drug that series. Yeah, it. it Once you it's read just one, so good. you're like mm, delicious. Mm, delicious. I need Tasty. more, and then you <laughs> just wait until my rogue to ruin. Ugh, I know I have the arc. I need to read the did arc. Did you read the letter that came with the arc? Yes, I did. I wrote I like, it, oh. guys. I know. I was like, oh. It was like my last assignment with forever. Um, Dana was like, have fun. And I was like, <laughs> I will. Fun will be had. Fun will be had. Um, anyway, this is not that one. This one already exists in the world. It's called The Pricks it of Loving a Wallflower. Uh, it is... <sighs> Uh, if you somehow don't know about the Winchesters, the Winchesters are a family of six adopted orphans of various backgrounds and talents. They use their unique talents to carry out vigilante justice in the name of the uh, downtrodden (laughs) throughout London. (laughs) Uh, As you do. Um, And this is the second book in the series, which is Tommy Winchester's book. And Tommy Winchester... Um, uses she, her pronouns, but reads as a non-binary character. Um, mm-hmm. I think she even has a line where she's like, I'm, I can't remember if it's exactly I'm not a man or a woman, I'm just Tommy, but it's something along those lines. It is, yeah. Um, and her, like, kind of special power that she has, essentially, because all of them sort of have superpowers, um, is that she's a... Master of Disguise? Yeah, like chameleon, basically. Yeah, she has a giant room full of disguises and makeup and wigs and all these things and can transform herself and essentially turn into any age, any gender. so funny. And she's so fucking funny. (laughs) She's so funny. Because she, like, acts as, like, the old, like, lady, like, grandma Winchester for a lot of book one. Great Aunt Winchester. Yeah, great. It's so funny. So throughout book one, as she's being Great Aunt Winchester, which is a recurring character, she goes with the heroine of that book, her sister Chloe. She goes to a book club that Chloe goes to for Philippa, mm-hmm. who was originally engaged to the hero of Chloe's book. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tommy, disguised as Great Aunt Winchester, starts crushing on Philippa hard. But of course, Philippa's never met Tommy. She's only met Great Aunt Winchester. Um and so all of her siblings are like, Tommy, pull it together, like, introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Not as great at Winchester, like, actually introduce yourself. And so she disguises herself as uh, Baron Vanderbeen, who is originally their father, mm-hmm. you know, adoptive father, was Baron Vanderbeen. Um, and he passed away before the start of the series. And so they invented a fictional nephew who has become the Baron Vanderbeen now. So that now. they could keep the, like, estate. Right. Because like, as adopted the... children, mm-hmm. they didn't actually have any right to the estate uh but uh baron vanderbeen the younger is actually just tommy in disguise so she introduces herself in disguise he's tommy italicized tommy italicized um anyway introduces herself as baron vanderbeen they flirt they agree to kind of like uh philippa wants her parents off her back about getting Mm -hmm. married philippa's uh she thinks that she's just not sexually or you know romantically interested in anyone Mm -hmm. reader listener she was a lesbian uh, and initially kind of starts off thinking Tommy is Baron Vanderbeen, but very quickly it is revealed that that is not the case. And they embark on uh, some silly heists mm-hmm. 
with Tommy always... pretending to court her. And also they need the Winchesters to help another member of the book club. Yeah. Her uncle is like plagiarizing her. It's a whole thing. There's heists. That's what you need to know. There's always I a just... heist. <laughs> There's always a heist. I just love when like the not heroine of like one book or like the other woman can yeah. get her own book. Um, I just always enjoy that greatly. And She's so obviously, like she she was not an enemy at all throughout book no, one. No, she didn't want to marry him. No, she didn't. <laughs> um and so it was it was just very fun. But that's always just a thing I love is when the the misunderstood gets understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So very elaborate, various heists various Mm -hmm. spinsters in a book club who want to name their book club scandalous Mm -hmm. things another like very cinematic it just feels like a movie all the winchesters are because they have such they all do yeah like it just feels like it's a movie this is true i love that erica ridley Um, is just so goddamn talented is yeah. unfair but so i'm happy for that her. one's mine also i have to say a thing about the cover of this book because mm-hmm. i have the insider scoop yeah. from forever because i see so many people complain about the cover mm-hmm. um largely because it, it well tommy has like long hair that's done up in a bun mm-hmm. and, and is in like a dress yeah and is wearing a dress and in the book mm-hmm. she has like shorn hair and generally prefers men's clothing and philippa in the book is I think she's described as like plump, but you know, mm-hmm. she's plus size. And on the book cover, she is not. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say that this was a book cover that came out during the pandemic times. So options were limited, and this is a real life couple that posed mm-hmm. for this cover. So it was the one model, it was it one they were going with, and then she just happened to have her wife who that was I also... don't know. You I, mean, I feel like I like know. pick up information. Sure. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think that's awesome that they're a couple. Yes. Well, that's but that's so why fun. it's like slightly mm-hmm. – I mean, they're – you know, it's the dark hair and the blonde. Like, mm-hmm. they're not wildly dissimilar, but <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's a pandemic cover with a real life. And I mean, it definitely – like, it makes sense to to be, you know, miffed and, like, angry about that. Sure. Um. So I get it from both ends. Pandemic covers, what can you do? And people don't want the illustrated cover, so I mean, there's not like yeah, you can't win, but you can because it's a great book. So, <laughs> but you can. <laughs> so there's that. Um, also, the audiobook was very good. Um, I listened to that. Um, okay, my next one is Medieval. Um, this one I've seen around a lot. Um, it's Gwen and Art are not in love by Lex Croucher um i really enjoyed it it it's about like two different couples gwen is the king's daughter and then she has a brother gabriel who is the heir and then gwen has been betrothed to arthur kind of like a distant like it's a whole thing like he's like not king arthur but like it's a play on that um his family is like really big into like arthurian legends the the current king is trying to appease because there was like a lot of like wars between the um i don't know whatever they're called but like people who like follow like the king arthur stuff and like the non stuff and it's like a whole politics stuff that i just can't remember um so she's been engaged to arthur since childhood 
And so they've never gotten along. They don't like each other. They don't want to get married, but it's come to a point where they have to, to like merge the two, um, you know, kingdoms and factions or whatever. Um, so you meet Gwen who has been crushing on a night, Bridget. Um, and then when Arthur comes, um, she catches him making out with like a guy out by like a tavern. Um, so then she's like, what if I blackmail you? But then he's like, what if I blackmail you? Because I just dug up your secret diary where you've been crushing on this night (laughs) for ages. And so they're like blackmailing each other. So they're basically like pretending to court, like to get along so they can each like, you know, be with the people they want to be with. So it's like an FF and then an MM relationship because then Gabriel and Arthur start to hang out. There's a cute moment with a hawk and like falconry and stuff. Um, there's a lot happening because it's like two separate relationships. You only get the POV from Gwen and Arthur. Um, I would have liked Gabriel's POV. I think Bridget was pretty fleshed out. Gabriel, I think I needed his his POV a little bit. Um, but I really liked both relationships. The night was hot. Gwen <laughs> gave her like a massage. Like it was it was really good. The the uh, Gwen and Bridget had a, I think a lot more development than um, Arthur and Gabriel. So I do wish they maybe would have been two separate books, like a duology, um, just so I could get inside both like Gwen and Bridget and then like Arthur and Gabriel's like their heads and like more development because they were both compelling relationships. Um, but as a whole, it was it was very good. It was like night a Knight's Tale humor, like that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Alan Tudia character, like you definitely felt that because like Arthur has like a a friend um, who's like spunky. He's like, he has the hots for her lady's maid. Um, it's like a whole thing. It, it was just really well-written again, like very cinematic, like very um, like a movie playing in your mind. Um, the end got a bit much. I was a bit sad <laughs> about some things that happened. Um, but overall it was a really good book. And um, I just loved like the time period. It was like very modern feeling. Um, so it was like kind of one of those historical, um, I'm always in the mood for like a historical YA cause there aren't a lot. And so, um, I really enjoyed it and it made me want to watch a knight's tale. So there's that. Or, or, Ooh. or, or Camelot. You could listen a lot, to a lot. Camelot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. I'm just saying. Just all those vibes. They're all there. Where are the simple joys of maidenhood? Where are they? Kind of sounds like Gwen found them. Oh, she did. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was just really, really nice. Um, I also love the cover. It's like very mm-hmm. good. So, yeah. Lex Croucher has like a very, because she wrote the two, like her first book was like the Mean Girls-esque one that I read. It doesn't have the best reviews. I didn't hate it. It wasn't like my favorite book ever, but I liked it. And then I have the second one, which is sapphic um, to read. So, yeah, an author to look out for. Yes. <laughs> Long pause. I haven't read it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, next. Onward. Um, <laughs> you like open your mouth and there was no sound. <laughs> I was like, did you have a mic This issue? entire episode is going to be just like me buffering because <laughs> that's okay. We're almost done. Function, no. We're so close. No function brain. Um. I have a series, so I won't go into, like, each book, really, um, but it's Olivia Waite's Feminine Pursuits, mm, mm-hmm. 
This one, I will say, I think the series gets worse as it goes. So, I, none of them are bad, I should say. But I think the first one was like the best five stars, and then they mm-hmm. get like the, the, the. I just that's interesting. Yeah, normally it's the other way around, mm-hmm. but I really liked the first one. The second one wasn't like a favorite, but enjoyable. And then the third one, I think, was just kind of too long. They, I think, they also get longer with each book. What are the names of them? So the first one is the Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics. Gotcha. Which I really love and recommend all the time. Um, and that one is I defy you, stars. <laughs> that one is um an astrol. Nope, that's no astronomer. Astrology is different. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're so right. And I was like, nope. wait. <laughs> she is an astronomer. Um, who I think it's one of those situations she's been doing a lot of the math for her father. Uh, um, and her father dies, and uh, now she – but nobody believes that it's her, so she's yeah. kind of stuck and needs a patron, and so she ends up finding a patroness in um, the wife of an explorer, um, and she – her husband kind of abused her um, and made her feel bad about her embroidery, so she's very skittish around, like, geniuses and scientists. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. doesn't like that, um, but she does agree to be the patroness for lucy uh and let her live with her and i don't really remember a ton of the details there's like the royal that's society not that's involved but i i don't know they look at the stars and they make out um that's the first one i know i'm not selling it because i don't remember the plot but the vibes were great the second one is the care and feeding of waspish widows mm-hmm. it has a bad cover but it's a good book um <laughs> It's, like, Photoshop poorly. It's bad. Everyone knows it. It's a good book, though. It made me consider beekeeping, which is notable because Hell I don't like no. I don't like bees. Um, no. I'm all for supporting bees yeah. as long as they're not next to me. Sure. I will run away. I won't I kill them because they scare me, and that's bad. I never know if it's going to sting me or if it's, like, a bumblebee. I don't know. I yeah, like I don't mind – you, you if it's, like, me. the really big fluffy ones, I'm pretty yeah. sure those ones don't really mess with you. See, that's you. that's what I've heard, but also I just don't trust it. I'm like, that's, watch me get me get the weird hybrid one who's just going to sting the shit out of me. I mean, valid. Generally yeah. not messing with bees is the thing I would recommend. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. one of the heroines is a beekeeper, and she loves it so much, and she goes and talks to the bee – you know the, the like, yeah. tell it to the bees thing? Mm-hmm. Um, she very much does that. She inherits a bunch of bees, or like hives, um, from somebody. I again don't remember the plot, but I do remember the vibes. Um, and the other heroine runs a print shop and finds bees, and has bees, bees, and has the other one come out and get rid of the bees for her, or not get rid of, but you know, mm-hmm. get them out of there, take them away. Re home. Yeah, you know those people on TikTok. <laughs> God. Could not be me, but good for you. Um, Glad we're saving the bees. Um, And, you know, I don't remember what excuse they find to keep seeing each other, but they do. They keep seeing each other. Um, Bees, what it bees. Indeed. Indeed. This one was a kind of – it actually has only become more uncomfortable because there's a secondary plot around uh, government censorship of the media. Oh. Um, Like her – print shop is printing like uh, seditious material something like that something that's uh, politically not what the uh the people in power Mm -hmm. want them to be printing and it becomes an issue with the law um and there's a lot of drama around that so very timely 
also bees. Uh, and then the third one, <laughs> I remember even less of the plot. Um, <laughs> it's called The Hellion's Waltz. All I remember is that one of the heroines is a musician. She plays the piano. She comes from, I think, a family of musicians. I know there's like a recital. She writes uh, music for the other one. And there's a heist of some kind. There's a heist at the end of this book involving both of them and the recital. That is quite literally all that I remember. But I once again remember that the vibes were good. Not as good as the previous two. Mm -hmm. But Olivia Wade is a very good writer. Are they connected at all? I think they're like set in the same universe, but I don't think you really interact with anybody. I think maybe there's like uh, the the latter two, I think, take place in the same town. And I think Mm -hmm. you see one of the characters from the first books in the second one. I think she comes into the shop, but it's not, you don't have to have read the earlier books. Um, Wow. I did not sell those. The vibes are great, especially of the first one. I defy you, stars. I have that meme locked and loaded. I never have a chance to use it. <laughs> I mean, when will I defy the stars? I don't know. Um, I the, So the last one, I've talked about it before. Um, so I just have, like, I had to look at all the reviews and, like, summaries of these ones because, again, plots are hazy, vibes look, are immaculate. I didn't look at any of the plot summaries for those. I just knew ones. that if I didn't, I would just ramble. And I just really... <laughs> wanted to avoid that so from the turner series by cat sebastian uh book one is the soldier's scoundrel um so basically there is jack turner he is said scoundrel and then there is oliver who is said soldier and um basically jack is like a pi he's like been raised um you know in the shadows and crime and all of that and um, Oliver comes back to town and his sister is paying Jack a lot of money and he's curious about it. He's like, what's going on? So he goes over to like Jack's place of business and ends up just tagging along as you do on different crime cases. Um, again, like it's a little bit en- enemies to lovers, class difference. I don't remember much about it. Um, I just, my review didn't, give much i'll admit but it did say that that the dynamic was different than i thought it was gonna be um i don't know what that means <laughs> i just was surprised i didn't know if i thought like the soldier would be like gruff or whatnot because like normally like soldiers are like gruff and they're just like cold and like anti things sure. but but that jack classic soldier vibe <laughs> but jack was the one who didn't believe in love and like he was the one who was like a little bit of <laughs> he was a little bit cold and Oliver was just like very like prim and proper and the summary said gorgeous Doubt and not. I believe it. And so there the vibe was just different than I thought, but it was still great. And I read this series out of order. So I read book three, which is my favorite. And then I read the novella, which comes after. And then I read book two, then book one. Um, I still think book three is the best, but all of them are very solid. Um, so then with the Lawrence Brown affair, book two. Um, Lawrence is like a mad in parentheses scientist. He doesn't know if he's mad. His family has gone mad. People are claiming he's mad. So it's like a whole thing. Oh my God, that's my nightmare. (laughs) Um, so he's like a reclusive scientist and he's got like a house in disrepair. He, um, doesn't 
do much about it. And then Georgie Turner, the brother of Jack, the PI in book one, shows up. He's been sent to spy on Lawrence because Lawrence's family members are trying to say that he's mad so that they get his like title or whatever. It goes to someone else. One of like there's like a vicar, I think, in the town and he's like friends with Lawrence. And then he, I think, gets the PI to be like, hey, can you like investigate him make sure that he's like not mad so that he has like a vouch like someone can vouch for him if the authorities ever come for him and georgie is like a swindler um a con man he had a bit of a heart and he like he was trying to con this old lady and he couldn't do it he couldn't go through with it so then he told her that she was being conned she I hate it when that happens <laughs> when the moral compass strikes true um and so then like the people he owes money to who he's conning for are after him so he's like yeah i'll get out of town and go spy on this guy he didn't think he'd be hot chopping wood shirtless <laughs> but lawrence brown seen- sure is hot <laughs> chopping wood have you seen the mini series of sense and sensibility uh-uh it's a I think about this constantly. There's a scene. Um, 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 Dan Stevens plays oh, oh Edward Ferrers. Oh, hello. And there's a scene where Eleanor goes out in the rain to like see what he's doing. <laughs> and he's wearing a white billowy shirt, as uh-huh. you do. And he's chopping wood oh, in the God. pouring rain. And there's a she Ooh. like stops and looks. And then it cuts to him chopping the wood. And then there's like a close up on her shocked face. <laughs> Just sweating profusely. <laughs> it's so invocative of exactly what you would feel that's that you're like oh (laughs) that's that so he shows up lawrence (laughs) i'm gonna send you the meme continue talking we'll we'll link we'll link it in the show notes um and so georgie turns up as like the secretary of lawrence lawrence didn't ask for him so he's like what i don't want you but then georgie's apparently like a very good secretary so things are happening there's like a scruffy dog. Um, Classic. There's like, there's like an accidental house party situation because then the characters from book three end up showing up. So it's, um, there's like a nephew from book three that shows up, Simon, I think, and then Lord Courtney, who is the uncle of Simon, he's there, and then Eleanor, who is like a friend of the two in this book, is the sister of julian medlock who is the hero of book three and he's also there because he's tagging along with courtney so it's a whole mix tangled web that was woven um but yeah i had to wrap my head around it before this so i could kind of describe it in those rambling terms um so basically you meet everyone from book three in book two and there's a part where Lawrence is like, I don't want anyone here. But he's like, well, Simon's cute. But then like Courtney has to say because Simon likes him. Well, then Eleanor has to say because Courtney likes her. And then Medlock has to say because she's friend. It's a whole thing. Um, I love an unintended house party and forced found family and stuff like that. So then the ruin of a rake, which is my favorite one, is <laughs> Lord Courtney, who is a very like a notable rake, terrible reputation um he's the loving uncle of simon but that is put into jeopardy when um julian medlock accidentally writes a salacious book about courtney and then that's like the final um nail in his bad reputation coffin no one trusts him um simon's father is like you cannot see simon anymore your reputation is too bad courtney's really upset about it um so then eleanor Courtney's friend, um, who we saw in book two, she's like, hey, Julian, brother, 
can you help repair his reputation? He's like a very, um, he's not a nobleman. I think he's like a barrister or something. I don't really know. Um, but he, his reputation is above repro- reproach. So they think if they hang out together, they're seen together, they'll start repairing Courtney's reputation. N- Julian's like, oh shit, I wrote this book unintended about him. But he's also always had like a crush about it, like on Courtney and it's a whole thing. There's a really hot opera scene. It was, it was just a really good book. Um, I just loved all of the the plot and how the shenanigans all turned out. Um, and then A Little Light Mischief, I mentioned in our newsletter, is just the novella after. And it has that like the end scene is all of the characters from all the books together. Um, and that one is just like a lady's companion and a lady's maid. They're at a house party and they get up to a little light revenge because there's this guy who like wronged Alice. They're like, what if we wrong him? And it was so right. All in all, they were all just so like gentle and comforting. Just as, as Kat Sebastian does. But I also support women's wrongs. Oh, I found that name. It took so long, but I found it. Hang on. Perfect timing. I sent it to you. I'm sorry. Yes, you did. Oh my God. Oh my god, he's so young. Yeah, it's a so different. He's also not a furry right now, so that <laughs> would make a difference. No, Edward Farrows is indeed not a furry. <laughs> you can quote us. <laughs> Jane Austen expert here can confirm Edward Farrows <laughs> is not a furry. Oh my god, she is like she's been laid low <laughs> by a white billowy shirt. <laughs> Haven't we all? We've all been there. Her face really sends me. It really, and they do like that close-up shot too. And she's like, "Oh, there's like, there's that meme softly, whisper softly, oh Christ." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hope this doesn't awaken anything. And in that moment, we were all Eleanor Dashwood. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back on track. We're in the home we stretch. Are. My we are. We did it. Recommendation. Because I was like, which Alexis Hall am I going to go with? Mm. Is, as a shock to absolutely no one, Mortal Follies. I am obsessed with this book. It was written for me. Mm -hmm. Also Oberon. But But, but really you. But really me. Um, Mm -hmm. And since we have no way of knowing Oberon's opinion, we're going to have to rely on mine. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a sapphic romanticy it is set in the regency largely in bath although they do travel a bit to london Mm -hmm. and some country estates and such but a lot of it takes place in bath uh the premise of this is we have our our main character our heroine malis who is a debutante out in society and she quickly realizes she's cursed Although she's unclear on who cursed <laughs> yeah, Haven't we all? Yeah. Um, well, I should note, and you'll come to realize it pretty quickly, uh, this is magical. It's a, a magical past. Uh, there are Christians, but there are also worshippers of the old gods. Everybody pretty much believes in various magical creatures, witches, fairies, etc. Um, so she's like, I've been cursed. She figures this out because she's at a ball and slowly but surely her clothes start unraveling. Oh, I know. I've listened to that scene three times because I've restarted this book three times because my brain refuses to comprehend. It's when you gotta focus on. So her clothes start unraveling. Yeah. After a little while, it becomes clear that it's about to be scandalous because it's not just mm-hmm. like a loose thread. It's like nah, she's naked. She yeah, like it's her dress is unraveling. 
Um, so she eats herself outside to the garden to hide in her underwear. Uh, she's stuck there. There's no way out of this situation because, like, she can't leap. Like, she can't, she can't walk streak, out. Yeah, right. I mean, she has her under things on. Yeah, that's still, that's just as bad. There's no point. way to get out of this. And depending on mm-hmm. who finds her, this could be really bad. She's mm-hmm. found by the Duke of Annadale, which is not her real name. Uh, but it's what everyone in society refers to her as mm-hmm. because uh, her father and her three brothers all died under mysterious uh, circumstances. And Haven't we all been in that situation? <laughs> and everyone blames her and thinks that she is a witch who killed her whole family to inherit uh, the riches. And Fine, her. She's a witch. <laughs> she turned me into a newt. I got better. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, Monty Python aside, everybody thinks she's a murderous witch, as you do. She is giving no answers one way or the other, uh, but she does after a very loaded exchange in the garden where she says things about how pretty she is when she cries and stuff, as you do. Mm -hmm. She does give Malus her cloak and get her home. And this uh, happens again, the, not the clothes unraveling. This time it's at a picnic where a bunch of wasps attack Malus, as you do. Oh, and God. then she has to jump into a river and then there's river creatures that are like sprites or nymphs or something that are coming after her. She's once again Six rescued. Six degrees from the Little Mermaid. Yep. Once again rescued from the this by the Duke of Annadale. And it's become mm-hmm. very suspicious that uh, Lady the Georgiana, always... the Duke, is always the one saving her. And so she and her friends are trying to figure out who has cursed her and why she is on the list. They're trying to investigate. They enlist her help to try to figure it out. It turns out she has been cursed by someone, uh, has enlisted the help of Sulis Minerva, who is Minerva, a goddess, Mm -hmm. um, who you can go (laughs) summon in bath, in the baths. (laughs) So now there are gods involved. She has the ire of a goddess. There are ghosts. There's a there's somebody. There's murder. There's then okay, another so I, curse. So I've seen reference to both murder and animal sacrifice. I need to know a bad people being murdered. Yes. Okay, that's good. Well, although also Lady Georgiana's entire family went. Not, okay, well that's in the past. Sure, this is true. <laughs> I can kind of get over that. What was the animal sacrifice? Well, so to talk to Minerva, they have to bring a sacrifice. Uh-oh. Who is sacrificed? And actually, there's a couple of different times because they also have to talk to um, who? A cow. It was a lamb oh. that they had to wrestle oh. into the baths by Wait, the way. a cow or a lamb? It was. I think it was a lamb or a very small cow. I think it was a young <laughs> cow. It was a young cow. This is later, though, because... um she's just laughing chaotically at the thought of there are multiple curses so halfway through you solve the issue of malus's curse and you're like how are we only halfway through this book because there are multiple curses at play um also the romance anyway they, they have to sacrifice a cow they have to sacrifice i think it's a lamb at some point to talk to the queen of a river Rip so my lamb, question: but just chuck it into the river. Do you get to know these animals, or is it just like a very quick like? No, because I don't like animal death. <laughs> so no, like- no, I mean there, there's the like 
hullabaloo of finding and getting the animal to the place, but they're not okay, that's, like that's somebody different having, than like no, they're not like a pet this man having known. a trusty horse and then it having oh, to be no, shot no. by him. They just okay, go cool. find animals to sacrifice. It's still not like board. pleasant. You're still like, oh no, you have to like slit a baby cow's throat. That's yeah. wrong. Um, but you don't know the animals. Yeah, I was raised with Percy Jackson and the auger slicing open stuffed animals, not sure. real animals. Sure. No, this one's real animals. It's pretty – it's fairly dark. There's multiple curses, um, lots of fun side characters, witches, and also, notably, which I have not brought up, even though it's my absolute favorite part, it is narrated to you by mm-hmm. uh, Robin Goodfellow, which makes me feral as a plot device, by the way, because it is so well done and the narrator is so – like like very much their own character because mm-hmm. it's like puck from a midsummer's yeah midsummer nice dream. dream um and puck is following them to collect the story to bring back to oberon and is now telling it to you from modern day england somewhere can't gotcha. remember i love that play um which also just like the i because of the way that i am was looking at like acknowledgements and dedication and all of that and Mm-hmm. Alexis stays in character so the dedication it's dedicated to Oberon oh that's fun the acknowledgements are all written from the POV of Puck um I think there's something else too but it really it's like all in character as like this is mm-hmm. a it, it was written by Robin Goodfellow and is now being published um nice that book makes me feral the romance is great the narration is even better. And also, it's the same narrator as uh, Adriana Herrera's historical. Mm-hmm. Well, the I've technically listened to, like, three hours of it, but just the same three hours. But, like, the narration has been on point no, every time. the narration time. is perfect. There, I No notes. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's, like, very dry, witty commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I... It, I will say uh, Alexis Hall's favorite author, I believe, is Laura Kinsale, and I feel like you can really see it. I don't Uh-oh. have any way of elaborating on that, um, except that as I was reading, I was like, I can feel the Laura Kinsale. Nice. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that you would object to. No, I'm excited. I just like, like I said, like my brain just needs. I need to no, have like no, a no. puzzle you, or something you have to where I just don't have to do anything else. Because my mistake has been trying to do it while I've been working, mm-hmm. um, and I quickly realized that I am missing things. Yeah, well, you have all of the like folklore, mythology, yeah. gods and goddesses. You have very quirky side characters. Her best friend mm-hmm. Lysistrata is one of the best characters in the book, but you really have to pay attention to her because she's like kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then also. Puck is making all the rye commentary mm-hmm. while also telling you a story. So there's like multiple layers you have to be ciphering through. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I talked for a long sense. time about that one. I'm obsessed with it. I oh, it was so good. I love that for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. Well, we've done it. We've done it. We are done doing it. title of your sex tape (laughs) we've done it we are done doing it the end um hopefully you got information out of this heard some books that we haven't talked about heard some books more in depth that we've talked about um yeah 
it's been a long time coming, but we did it. We did. Yeah. And to end, I just think it's really funny that you had a post recently where you were like, what if I reread um, that Laura Kinzel book? I don't even remember the name. What one was it? Flowers from the Storm. Yep, that one. And I'm like, that is so funny that that's the one, the 18-hour, like, megalith. I didn't ask if I should reread it. I said I was looking for a quote, and I wound up rereading. I know, but then you're like, what if I just, like, drop everything? And I'm just like, that's hilarious. that was Devil in Winter. Well, no, that was that. But, like, in that post, I swear, you were like, this is the one that I'd reread. And I was like, that's so funny. Because that's a – oh, wait, you know what? I, I do know. You were so correct. You're so correct about my own post. Well, the reason I'm was correct. the siren song of Nicholas Bolton's voice. The reason I'm correct is because at that moment, we had just recorded the podcast, and I think I had just said that I was fighting the urge to reread Kiss of a Demon King, which I have succumbed to my urges. <laughs> I have sinned. <laughs> succumbed to and the I demons. Am, I am, ha- I, yeah. Fight. One demon in particular. I have succumbed. Right. And I'm currently listening to it. And I just thought it was so funny that the book that you were thinking about reading was not <laughs> well, only Devil in Winter. So that is, that is also like, that makes sense. But like, <laughs> yours would be the 18 hour <laughs> I did And my action of a demon king. Look. <laughs> to be fair, my funny. normal, if I'm going to drop everything and reread something, it's going to be Lord of Scoundrels. And two, that is true. At least the past two rereads have been because of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, they have. So, but sometimes it's like, what if I just do it? What if I just I mean, that's, Lord of that's, Scoundrels? That's what I, I'm like, you know, I can't. I defy you, stars. There we fucking go. I did it. <laughs> I defy you, stars. Nice. Moral of the story. Yeah, that, that's the moral. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, like we said, um, we'll have a newsletter later this week at some point. Wrapping up our other, like, queer wrecks, contemporary, YA, um, any, str- like, straggler historical ones. Um, our, oh, our episode this week is... On Friday is the proposition by Judith Ivory. I realized at the time when we picked it, and I forgot, and I'm reading it, and it's like Pygmalion, My mm-hmm. Fair Lady stuff, and it's good so far. Oh, wow. um, it's very fun, and I just I eat that trope up, that just plot whatever. I know because so. I went and I looked at the summary to see yeah when I was about to start it, and I went oh, oh yeah. I'm so it, Anna's it's gonna really, love this uh huh. Immediately Kiss Me by the Cranberries just plays in my mind. And I'm just taken back to a staircase and some platform heels and a red dress. She's all that. Oh, okay. See, <laughs> if you're going to give me a reference to a movie that would apply in this situation, it's – Which it's one would be yours? going to be My my Fair Lady. It, it's going to be Audrey Hepburn. Who, by the way, did not even sing her own songs in the movie, which is very common for this period. It's Marnie, I think it's Marnie uh, something, who does a lot of voiceovers for the singing voices for famous actresses in this period. That's very normal. However, the T is that Julie Andrews originated the role on Broadway with Rex Harrison, who plays uh uh Henry Higgins in the movie as well as on Broadway. They passed over Julie Andrews and picked Audrey what? Hepburn 
for the movie, even though Julie Andrews originated the role on Broadway. But Julie they kept Andrews, Rex. Sh- 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 Julie Andrews then went on to do Mary Poppins because she hadn't been, uh, she didn't do My Fair Lady. The I think it's the Oscars. Some big award that I assume was the Oscars happens. They're, pit- they're pitted against each other. Julie Andrews versus Audrey Hepburn for the Oscar. Julie Andrews wins. She gets up. And in her speech, she thanks the man who is uh, responsible for making this, like, happen for her, the the director or whoever it was, of My Fair Lady. <laughs> Slay. Slay. Julie Andrews. Amazing. Slay. Anyway, that's the, the tea with My Fair Lady. I didn't know there was any tea. There I is. There I think is. of She's All That, and then I think of Trading Places. With Eddie Murphy and I mean, Dan Aykroyd. You quite literally referred to it as the My Fair Lady trope. I did, but like I've never seen it. I just know that it's the My Fair You've Lady. Never I don't like. Seen I don't it? like musicals. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's not. It's. I've never seen it. It's the trope that you love. I know. I need to see it. I just. I mean, like things like that, like older movies. It's like what my parents watch, and then I would also watch, and I just don't think my mom's ever watched it, or like watched it around me. So I've never like sat in on it. It's on my list. <laughs> I actually this is the this is a podcast equivalent to bombastic side eye. <laughs> bombastic silence. Yeah, bombastic silence. Never heard I, silence like, quite this loud. <laughs> now I will say this for my fair lady: the ending to this day pisses me off. I think it's a bad ending. It it pisses me off to this day. Um, so. I don't love the ending. However, the songs slap. Well, that's my homework is to watch that movie. I just think everyone should watch My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. we've succeeded in getting vastly off topic. <laughs> it's relevant to our next episode, so maybe that'll stay out of that episode. Who knows? Probably talk about it all again. But it's fine. You can just it, chop it out. I could. I don't need to know. But leave this part so that the listeners know that you dropped something out and they don't get to know what it was. Yeah, you have to wait until Friday to know what I dropped. Snip, snip. I'll I'll maybe have done homework in that time and Mm -hmm. have things to talk about. Unlikely. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? I'm a rebel. Dottie. A radio rebel? (laughs) I said we're going to make history. <laughs> okay. Um I'm gonna go read about a giant man trying to get a bath. Relatable. And his giant mustache, which he doesn't want to shave, she wants to shave it. I want him to shave it. And we're gonna see about the fate of the mustache. I'm gonna go see a man about a mustache. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Um No, not I don't like mustache. I don't, about a mustache. I don't. I'm not a mustache fan, no, so we'll see I. how this goes. Unless it's a Beverly Jenkins man. Several of them yes. have mustaches. That is very true. Yeah, they're they're the only ones. Mm-hmm. Them and, uh... Why am I blanking on that man's name? Miles Teller. Okay. He's We've the digressed. only man allowed to have a mustache. And now I'm done. Miles Teller is hot. The only... <laughs> the only men allowed to have mustaches. That is so true. And on that note, I mustache you to stop listening. Pain.